Thank you for having me, Stephen. I'm thrilled to be here. And I have to say, as somebody that's been in business for 25 years, boy, am I glad I got a line of credit when on the years that things looked great because it saved me on the years it didn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely, yep. Mm -hmm. I that's such a great question, especially for people that have worked at really large organizations. The number one question I have to ask everybody, and I've actually had to answer myself, is, well, what do you mean by branding? You know, because people will always say, oh, well, we just rebranded or we need to rebrand. And And it's, I feel like something that, you know, the idea of branding has gotten out there in the ether. So people have heard of it. They've thought of it, but there's so many different ideas about what it means. I've had people come to me and say, we need to rebrand. And what they really wanted to do was change their newsletter. You know, I've had people say, we went, we just rebranded. And what they actually did was they updated their website. Uh, sometimes it's a logo, but sometimes branding means something deeper than that. And I think that's a lot of times where people think, well, this isn't for us. This is for big companies because there's research involved. There's strategy. There's all those jargony words that regular, like small business people don't always get, don't always have staff that understands and often just roll your eyes over. You know, a lot of branding people will talk about things like brand architecture and, um, your brand story and and your archetypes and all these words that you're like, what, what does this even mean? The way I usually describe it to nonprofits is that your brand is the bridge that connects your mission to your marketing. And it's really just that simple. It's easy to then think that your branding is your marketing, but it's not. Your marketing are those tactical things that you're doing every day to get people to know you to care about you, and then to take the actions that you want. That's your marketing. Your mission is what, why you exist today. But what's missing in the middle are things like, well, who are you for? What do those people care about? Why should they give to you other than all the other people? What is it? What is that unique thing that you do that makes you special and distinctive and perfect for those people to to deliver on them a lot of times organizations get confused and think that people are buying what they're selling whether it's a membership or education or healthcare or giving to their organization that's not what people are doing people are giving to help fulfill their own dreams 
And we need to understand that what the organization is, is a facilitator for that. And so your brand helps communicate, you know, your why, you know, uh, many people might've heard of, um, uh, you know, people that talk about this, this whole, you know, starts with why Simon Sinek, you know, great, great, great stuff that he talks about. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And your mission really talks about what you do. It doesn't always get into, this is why we exist as an organization. This is why say you're raising money for breast cancer. There's lots of other organizations that do that. Why you? Have you gotten that clarity on who you're for and why you exist? Why you exist? Because a lot of times what I see is that people think that they're doing that work in their strategic planning. Because strategic planning requires research and thinking and talking about people. But then your strategic plan really pushes towards your organizational goals. And without brand strategy, without thinking about your brand, that organizational strategy can end up in a virtual box somewhere. And then you start doing your marketing. And three years later, when you go to do your organizational planning again, you realize that all of these tactical things that you've been doing had really no effect on or no bearing or, or no, no push towards helping your organization meet those strategic goals. And brand is a great tool to help bring those two sides of your organization together. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm.
Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Very much. So it, for me, that it stems from that. And the things that we, that we talk about a lot with with nonprofits is a lot of times when people think of branding, you think of image. So mostly what we get from people is logo, what our logo looks like. But just like you were saying about BP, you know, they had their logo and they had their colors and they had their internal idea of we're going to be this environmentally friendly. I'm sure that's what they told their branding company. We're going to be environment. We want to look like this. And so when you, when you focus all of that brand energy on what you're going to look like, there's a couple of other components that often, if they're not aligned properly, can end up causing such a huge disconnect that people will turn away from your company. It's, it's, people don't realize you're never brand neutral. You're never brand neutral and your brand exists whether you cultivate it or not. And so really rebranding and branding isn't about creating a brand. It's about, it's almost about, it's like archaeology. It's about finding your brand and then figuring out how do you want to steer it who, how do you want to present yourself in the world? But it can't just stop with your logo because if you have a logo that doesn't align with your message, if your message is not written for an audience that you have discovered is there to support you. And then ultimately, if your audience, your message and your image do not line up in a way that delivers the experience that people are, are, are looking for and the experience that you promise them in your messaging, everything breaks down. And usually it breaks down in a much bigger way than if you hadn't done anything at all. So I often tell people, don't bother doing branding unless you're going to live branding. Like it's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of money and people think that it's the money in the execution, but it's not. It's the money in the outcome, in, in what you're willing to do every day to say, this is who we told you we were going to be. And this is all the tiny and big little ways. Like you said, it lives, in, it lives internally in your culture. But I always say branding is that spot where you figure out who you are and what you are stellar at delivering, what's totally unique about yourselves. And then looking for an audience of people that wants exactly that from you and figuring out how you can deliver perfectly for them. That sweet spot in the middle where you've got, this is what we do and this is who we do it for. And who's going to be in the center of our circle? A lot of times when you're focusing on marketing, people talk about things like target markets and your segments. And when we market like that, we're focusing on those, those 
tactical things, which might mean as a nonprofit, you've got to communicate to your donors. You've got to communicate to constituents. You've got to communicate to funders and governmental agencies, all of these different audiences. But if you look at all those different audiences, if you try and market to all of them equally all the time, I often say you're going to market like you have a sale on commas. You know, if you're this, comma, this, comma, this, comma, this. And when you do that, what happens is, is you genericize your message to make it okay for everyone. And you end up not being awesome for anyone. I feel like nonprofits, even more sometimes than corporations, have to find the people that they're perfect for. Because you don't just, you're not just doing transactional work. You're doing a relationship-driven work with with that and, and organizations i feel like corporations strive to do relationship work but when somebody wants or needs your product they're going to buy one need your product nobody needs to donate to something nobody needs to necessarily become a membership of somebody they have to believe so you've got to you've got to really think about that and so you've got to figure out who the, the thing that we often say upon who is upon whom does your future depend who are the people that need to be in the center of your circle? Who are the people that are already in the center of your circle? So the confusion that we often get into with marketing and branding is we want everyone to know about us. We want everyone to care about us. But marketing in a way that you're trying to reach all the way, like spread your arms wide, get everyone to care about us. Imagine you have a target as opposed to these buckets of, of people that you're looking. Imagine your audiences are, are concentric circles in a target. And you're trying to reach everyone, you're aiming for the outside edge of a target. And if that's where your aim, that's where you're focusing, more likely than not, you're going to miss that target altogether. Whereas if you can figure out who, who helped you thrive, who are the people that today, that if you could like 5x, 10x, 100x, that behavior or those people, that you'd be golden. So who are those lovers, we call them, in the center of your circle? And then who are the likers that are one step out? Imagine... If we shifted our focus from everyone to understanding what are the shared values between your lovers and your likers, and that you built a persona targeted specifically for them, who would be attracted in by it? Imagine how differently you, you can market because you won't be getting pulled off your center to be perfect for this person and that person who have completely different needs. It's not to say that your organization isn't for those people. It's not to say that you're not going to market to those people. But when you think about your brand, who you are, why you exist, that's what I mean is that there's a difference between a brand audience and necessarily all of your many different audiences. And you have to prioritize because most Really, I don't think anyone can make everyone equally important all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay, a little company.
I, I love that. That's great. How did the employee, so how, as an employee, how did people feel about that? Did they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get spot quizzed on this? Or did they feel more part of something bigger than themselves? Did it create synergy or, or separation? That's great. Mm hmm That's the key. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so funny that you should mention that too, because in some of the re the work that we've done over the last two years, I have never seen internal staff arise as a core constituent audience in the way that I have in, in the research work that we've done. People are, especially in the nonprofit world, I'm, I, I, that's the world I know the best, um, you know, direct service employees, you know, those least paid employees are, they're, they didn't used to have to struggle to get them. And now that you have to struggle to get them, all of a sudden people are realizing how critical they are to delivering on their brand. We actually just did, and if anyone's listening, it's going to be up on our up on our nonprofit toolkit website free. Just last week, I I read I did a um a, a free we call it community webinars, um with a couple of other panels. We did a great panel on how how the how your internal culture impacts your brand. How this all this staffing crisis, everything is going on. How do you make people feel like that? And and some of the things that I would suggest is in addition to sharing what your values are, like you're talking about sharing what we stand for, try and turn it the opposite direction. Ask people, how how are our values showing up in your job? How are our values showing up in your life? How how did you incorporate values in that next person that you hired? How did you how did you write a job description that shows that this is what we stand for so that you're attracting in people that want what you want for us? That is equally about audience focused brand. What you're looking to do is align and figure out who you are 
and then attract more people that want what you have, that want to be part of what you have. That means donors, that means staff, that means um, grant funders, people that want you to be this one central organization that believes something. People like to get behind people that believe something, but it can't just be a poster on the wall that says these are what our values are, that people read on the back of the bathroom stall every day and be like, yeah, 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 we stand for integrity. Well, if you say you stand for integrity, I I would want any employee to say, here's how I saw integrity happening at this organization this week, this day, this hour. And if they can't, if they can't point to things that are actually demonstrating it, then your brand isn't being percolated through your team and probably not out into the world either. Mm Yep. They do, they do get it, but the challenge sometimes with nonprofits, because nonprofits are mission-driven, you can become very internally focused. You can be too internally focused on, I'm here at this job and we're doing such great work. Everyone should love us. You know, so that's, it's almost the opposite problem that, 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 that uh, entrepreneurs and businesses are always thinking very much externally, externally. And, and nonprofit people often attract people that truly want to do mission-focused work and, and want to be part of this, this thing in this culture. And there's such a deep belief in the work that you're doing that, that, getting, it, that getting it out there is, is, is challenging. And the other thing to remember is um, there's lots of different kinds of nonprofits. You know, a university is a nonprofit. A hospital system is a nonprofit. So not every nonprofit is like a small charitable organization. And so, and a lot of times, even at every size organization, there's bureaucracy, there's disconnect between the CEO or the executive director and the staff. Um, there's, there's often like what we see founder syndrome happening. You've got a founder that wants things and all the staff are there to just help that founder move in the direction. So as organizations grow, as nonprofits grow, um, you still have to consider these things. Possibly, I would say definitely for-profit, small and large businesses execute on and deeply value the role marketing plays in them growing. Nonprofits can have a tendency to just 
be such believers in the value of their work that they think that their work should speak for itself. And sometimes that's in their cultural values. Sometimes it's in their like the fact that there's like there's no budget for marketing or no staff. A lot sometimes it's in we have a term that we that we use for nonprofit marketers that we, we call them slash marketers because a lot of times at a nonprofit there's a development director and there's nobody else around. So the development director starts posting some stuff on social media and somebody says, That's great. Now you're the development slash communications director. So like so many people at nonprofits, and this happens at small businesses too. When you're a small organization, there's not always enough bodies or monies to have everybody sit in a solo seat. You know, at a large corporation, you might have a director of social media, you might have a videographer, you might have an actual graphic designer, as opposed to at a nonprofit, you typically have one person who they expect to be able to be a copywriter, graphic designer, web developer, social media person, um, public relations guru, strategist, and executor. So they want somebody to be really horizontal and look at the big picture, but make sure that the commas are all in the right place. Make sure that we, and and going back and forth between those details and that that vast wide breadth of, 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 of skills, I always say, since you can't always fix that, that, that that's happening, hire for somebody that wants to be wide. When you, when you hire somebody that really wants to be a copywriter and expect them to be a graphic designer, when you hire somebody that really wants to be a designer and expect them to be a web developer, it's, it's, it's this cultural thing. You've got to get people that want what you want. I, I often say at my company, I don't want to hire people that want to work. I want to hire people that want to work with us. Like I always say that we are hiring for somebody that wants to be here. Skills can be taught. But um, but uh, but that can be hard sometimes. You know, you get somebody at a nonprofit that wants to be at that cause. I've seen this happen too. I we worked with an environmentally focused nonprofit, and this person came in to the mark to, to be interviewed for the marketing role, and she was you know had all of this environmental work in her background, and they were so excited, and they hired her, and she, and they were like, I can't believe we got somebody at this high level to come in and take this job. Well, they got somebody at a high level to take the job because she wanted to do strategy, and. They only had one person. When it came to, we need somebody to post on social media, she wasn't interested in that. So you've got to really get clear on like what what is the role that this person needs to fill because otherwise you're going to get cultural problems. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's start with brand strategy. So the first thing you have to get clear on is what do you mean by branding? What does organization mean? What does branding mean at your organization? We actually just wrote a little explainer on that. And I'm sure that Steve's going to give you on this a, a link to come find me. So if you get this, come find me. We'll be happy to send you um, a, a link to download the this explainer. Oh, of course you're going to ask me that. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, so. I mean, you can. They can. Uh, do you want me to get that? Um, I don't want oh, to. Yeah. So you can absolutely get it. Get it from our website, iriscreative.com. Yeah, iriscreative.com. You'll be able to find it. And so, um, you know, I really should get that memorized. <laughs> um, but we ju we just did them, and so it breaks down 
branding, like branding projects into brand identity, brand strategy, or brand awareness, because people can mean all three of those different things when they come to it. So this is a little explainer that will tell you, okay, these are the questions you may be asking yourself at your organization. These are the problems that may be showing up that would lead you to understand whether these are one of the three projects. So next thing you need to think about is if you're thinking, wow, we really need this brand strategy, this audience focus, this messaging, this experience. We don't just, we don't need, just need a logo. A logo is not enough to solve our problem. We think we have a deeper problem than that. The next thing you have to consider is, are you really up for it? Are you really up for the massive workload and change that that would be? And it's, it's not just about the cost and it's not just about how much work it is. It's, is your organization on board and ready to, to do deeper work than, now we have a purple logo instead of a blue logo because what i have seen and as 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 steven said i did a podcast we have 200 episodes we did a podcast called driving participation for five years and the number one thing that people said to me during the course of that podcast was if you don't have buy-in from leadership it's not going anywhere it's going to tank and that's sometimes hard for people to hear because they don't want to be a top-down leadership, what the leader says goes, but that's not what anyone meant by that. What they meant was, is there a shared vision throughout your organization from the top to the to the bottom, to, from, from the leadership of your organization to the lowest level people? Can, can, is, there, is there momentum? Is everyone steering the ship in the right direction? Are you excited about this project and about the change and the outcome that it's going to create for you. So that's so this so the second thing I have for people that they can get from our website is uh, are you ready for a rebrand assessment? It's a 10 question assessment that says if you're thinking about rebranding, ask these ask yourself these 10 questions and it will score give you a score that will help indicate whether your team is ready to go into something strategic if you're better off focusing on visual identity or whether you need to think about maybe some other type of a project. So those are two really great tools that we've just created to help people figure out, you know, where should they go if they're thinking about this stuff? Well, I'm working on writing that, but that sure takes a lot of time. <laughs> I have so much respect for people that that write books. So there are a, there are there's lots of books out there on branding. Honestly, some of them are just tombs. You know, they're they're written for people like me. Most books on branding are written for people like me who are going in to like learn how to do branding. And I have learned most people don't really want to learn how to do branding. It's a lot of work to do on your own. So getting some help in whatever form that that means is really wonderful. A couple of my, one of my favorite, favorite books is really written in the most plain language. It's called Why Johnny Can't Brand. And there's two authors. And of course, I'm drawing a blank on the name of those two authors right now. But Why Johnny Can't Brand is a great process-driven, hands-on step. Like, this is how you go to do it. And I love that book. Another book that is not about branding, but is probably my favorite business book is called Essentialism, um, which I absolutely love because I think at nonprofits, because we're all these slash marketers, we get caught up in 
feeling like we have to do everything, all the things, all the time, the be everywhere marketing. Not that there's not value to doing that, but when you are a smaller team and you you just can't be everywhere, you need to help your organization make better choices. I'm back, Steven started off by talking about what his tagline is for his business. The tagline for my business, Iris Creative, is focus your vision. Because the the thing about branding is to be to be branded means to accept that to be perfect for some, you have to be totally wrong for others. And that is a really hard pill for nonprofits to swallow, to be totally wrong for others. But you'll never really get to being perfect by some without narrowing those cattle shoots and saying, we're going to play in here. This is what we stand for. This is who we are, which means by nature that there's all these other things that we're not. And you have to be willing to let that stuff go in order to get really good here. It's easy for all of us to forget that Amazon started out selling books. They did not, they did not, they weren't born the company that they are right now. And I think when we go into branding and when we think about ourselves as organizations, we spend a lot of time comparing somebody else's middle. Um, a wonderful digital marketer named Amy Porterfield always says, don't compare somebody else's middle to your beginning or wherever you are on the stage. Um, you could be anywhere, but you know, they started out selling books and then they did the next thing and then they did the next thing. So you can build your brand and your brand will evolve with you. I always say branding is not a project, it's a process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And, and I do agree with you. It's really hard to move through a strategic process on your own. You know, I think many humans, I mean, we're just either wired tactically or the natures of our jobs force us into thinking tactically so often. And it's so hard to, I have a coach, I have a business coach for my business and it's hard to get out of your own way. And so it can be very helpful to bring people in for different aspects. And even if it's not, even if you're not at a place where you have the capacity to bring in an outside strategist, one of the first steps that we have in our branding process, which is, we call it Amy audience, message, image, experience. So the very first step is bringing together a stakeholder session. And what that means is, it's coming together with a group of people that represent your range of audiences. So some staff, some leadership, some volunteers, some donors, some constituents, depending on what your ecosystem of audiences, bring a group of, you know, anywhere between eight and 16 people together and, and start talking about these questions. It, it can be tremendously helpful just to get even a few, maybe, maybe you have clients, maybe you have members, depending on what structure of an organization you are. Become comfortable going a little bit outside your internal bubble and like letting, letting some light in come into your community because it's unbelievable the insight that bringing in representatives of different areas of your organization can do to help liven things up to help you see things in a way that you didn't see. We we create those sessions and facilitate them, but if you don't have the capacity to do it, don't don't let 
that stop you from, from trying to move forward in the best way that's right for you. Oh, thanks so much, Stephen. So I am Beth, B-E-T-H, at iris, I-R-I-S, creative.com. That's the easiest way to find me. I am quite the email addict. 